and welcome to episode 89 of the Massive Attack hey. Podcast. I'm Mitch, your host, and with me as always is Joe. How are you? I'm very good, Mitch. Back to reality. <laughs> yes? No, back, back to the to life. Off. Back. Yeah. So we are doing our old shtick. Mm. As we've mentioned, we are finished with A to Z. We're finished with what we love for the year. We're finished with what we're looking forward to this year. And now it's back to the same old shite. Yeah. Back so, to what we've been doing. Yeah. What we've been watching, playing. Blah, blah, blah. So let's do that. What are we being gaming? Are you being gaming? Yes, we mentioned previously that I got Tekken 7 for Christmas. How are you going with it? So yes, I have been playing a bit more of that. Mainly the treasure battles, which is battling against the computer to unlock pants and creative items mm. for the characters. Mm-hmm. My seven-year-old is quite happy because I have now unlocked the Jaguar full suit for King. So not only can you dress him in the Jaguar mask, you can wear an actual Jaguar body mm. and bag your legs and make him look like a anamorphic Jaguar stand up that beats people Makes up. Him look like a fairy. Hmm, exactly. Mm. And you can give him auras and stuff too, so it's pretty oh, cool. cool. But yeah, I've I've been playing a bit more of that. I've clocked now over, I think it's 107 hours of Fire Pro. How much gaming is that? Or is that just programming maker wrestlers? Uh, 60, 40 probably, <laughs> 80, 20. I don't know. It's getting more gaming because okay. now I am actually building the character and then going and playing a few matches with that character just to make sure they work well okay. rather than just simulating them. But yeah, I've been getting into that. It has now gone live. So no more beta testing. It's Mm -hmm. a real game now. Other than that, the only other thing I've really been playing, actually, I have been playing a lot of Supercard on my iPad, but I don't really consider that gaming. That's just what I do when I'm doing other stuff. I'm having a poo. Yes. But I have also been playing a little bit of an old game called Oddworld New and Tasty. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not sure if you remember the Oddworld games. I remember them, but I've never played one. Abe's Odyssey and that sort of stuff. But I think the original one came out probably early 90s. And then what I've been playing is a HD resed up version that's now on Xbox One. And I picked it up in the sales a couple of weeks ago for about seven bucks. Yep. And yeah, it's pretty much exactly how I remember it. Bits of it I find very difficult because I'm a bit of a platform gamer, but I'm not that cluey, I think, as far as some platforms go. But yeah, it's... It's basically yeah, a resed up version of the original. So oh. I've been playing probably a good three, four hours of that. Yep. And I'm sort of just about to the end of the second level. Okay. So yeah. But other than that, I haven't been playing a lot on me the Xbox. Neither. Uh, you got me flat out four for the Xbox for Christmas. Yes. And I played a little bit of it. And I had Injustice 2 and I played a little bit of it. And the only other one, there was a sale on for the Hot Wheels expansion for Forza Horizon. What are we up to? Three? And it looked really cool. So I don't know if your kids have Hot Wheels tracks or anything, those orange tracks with the yep. blue connectors. Yeah, all the Forza Horizon, but with those tracks. And they got loop-de-loops and stuff like that because Forza Horizon is very realistic and looks real. So you got those sort of factors, but they only gave you like four cars that look like Hot Wheels cars. You know, That's you didn't get those crazy Red Baron or something like that. It's kind of cool, but it's just like, uh, I don't know what I wanted. I mean, I know there's Hot Wheels games out there, so maybe I should just buy one of them, but it was just like, okay, it's interesting. So, yeah, that's it. I haven't been gaming terrible. So that's about it for gaming for me. Not even mobile gaming? Not playing any at the moment. Hmm. No, I, I finished with whatever I was playing last year. The okay. puzzle quest you were playing for a little bit. That's right, I finished that. Hmm. I got to a point where I stopped and done. Okay. I'm done. Hmm. Not gaming. It's interesting. Well, there you go. It feels quite liberating. Hmm. I need it because so it's time sinking. Are you doing other stuff instead of gaming? No, not really. No, that's a shame too. Mm. Mm. Reading comics, I'm trying to get back into that. Okay. Yes, sorry. Mm. So All stick right. with the television. Yeah. What about watching television? Well, I've decided to dip my toe into the streaming market. Oh. And 
I signed up thanks to you deciding that I should have a month for my birthday to New Japan Pro Wrestling's New Japan World Mm -hmm. just in time for Wrestle Kingdom which is like their big event for the year Mm -hmm. which was in January so I've been watching a lot of old Japanese wrestling as well as some newer Japanese wrestling and initially when I first signed up to it I was having difficulty getting it to work on my Xbox but I've now worked out how to stream it through Microsoft Edge on the Xbox and it streams in full HD and because it is getting so popular they now have a lot of their events do have English commentary which is good because you can watch it in English rather than having to watch it all in Japanese but yes I've been watching a little bit of Japanese wrestling Yeah. plus I decided to bite the bullet and have a free month trial of WWE Network just in time for the Royal Rumble which Ah. is the big January pay-per-view but instead of forking out $50-$60 to Foxtel to get it on pay-per-view you can spend $9.99 American a month which I think is about $11.80 or something based on our current exchange rates Mm -hmm. and you can now have all of your pay-per-views per year plus a lot of the newer archive. stuff and yeah the archive and i didn't realize how much i would enjoy the archive i thought yeah it'd be nice to watch pay-per-views every now and then not that i really watch that many pay-per-views live anymore but i have been watching a lot of nxt and nxt is only available on the network now it used to be on foxtel but probably october last year i think it was no it was actually may have even been the year before they decided to pull the plug on that and foxtel didn't show it anymore and i was watching it through nefarious ways on the internet but now I can watch it legally through the network I like legitness yeah it feels nice it does feel nice doesn't it but the fact that you can go back and they have I think they say 6,000 hours of archives a bit more than that I'd say maybe I don't know but WWE own pretty much the library for a lot of previous now defunct federations so they have all of their own stuff so you can go back to I think it's even early 70s they have Madison Square Garden shows and Boston Garden shows of old wrestling they have you know every WrestleMania since the first one WCW they yes they now have the WCW library so they have all Nitro. of the old Nitros they have they've all just of the, added Thunder I think have they yes to. I noticed today they've just added, added Coliseum video so all those Bloops, awesome Bloops videos buddies, we buddies, to, yeah, yeah. We, all those old videos we used to get from the video libraries they're now on there in their entirety cool with the little skits that Carolyn Monsoon and Bobby Heenan used to do in between matches they've got the AWA library they've got Mid South library you name a federation that's probably existed it's almost likely to be on the network yeah and the interface as far as the like search functions and that sort of stuff is pretty fucking good on the pc it works a little bit better than the app on the ipad or on the xbox but you can just jump on your pc and just you know think of a random wrestler name from days gone by type that in and it will bring up matches barry oh yeah mm-hmm. or you can think of two wrestlers and go oh yeah did such and such ever fight such and such a corporal kirshner versus nikolai volkov and it will bring it up and you can jump directly to that match in the pay-per-view and you can just watch that particular match if you want to that's pretty amazing so, yeah mm. I- i'm probably a bit of a late adapter considering how much of a wrestling fan i am but i definitely think i'll be continuing with that once my free trial ends cool mm. Mm. and And while we're on the subject of free trials, and based on a lot of the discussion that we had on our great expectations and how much was coming up on Netflix, Mm -hmm. I decided that $13 a month for Netflix isn't that outrageous. So I've now signed up for Netflix. You're a streaming machine? I am. Like years ago when I didn't have unlimited internet, I couldn't imagine doing this Mm. because I would have just burned through my 120 gig a month in a day. Mm. But now that I'm on unlimited and it's pretty bloody fast, you know, it's there. And I must say that Netflix just astounds me with what's on there. Mm -hmm. Like I have watched a lot of rubbish, but my wife has also managed to watch, I think, four seasons of a weird little Canadian show called When Calls the Heart. 
Heart, which is based in the early 1900s about a school teacher who goes to rural Canada and falls in love with a Mountie. Yes, you do. And it's one of those things that she started watching that and then I found myself doing other things, you know, in the lounge room while she was watching it. And then I found I was watching that more than I was doing the other things. So I've probably watched two out of the four seasons <laughs> of that. We're now also hooked on a show called Ultimate Beastmaster, which is a little bit like Ninja Warrior, only it's more country-based rather than individual. So they have teams from United States compete against in the season we just finished watching. I think it was France, Italy, China and India. And it's actually produced by Sylvester Stallone and he oh. turns up at the start of it and does this little blurb about how you have to be tough to beat the Beastmaster and the, the new Not season... Mark Singer? No, nothing oh. to do with Mark Singer, unfortunately. Or ferrets or anything like that. But this new season does actually have Terry Crews as one of the commentators, Boy. which is pretty good. And yeah, it's just a, a fun obstacle course type show and it's something we can watch in front of the kids and the kids get into it almost as much as we do. So yeah. Cool. But yeah, Netflix is just astounds me. It's, it's ridiculous. And yeah, another thing that we've been watching that I have actually enjoyed that before we let you have a bit of a chat That's right. but there's two things one thing is just train wreck television and we were just flicking looking for something a quick 20 minutes before we went to bed one night and it was like oh it's too late to start a movie let's just find something you know, mm. light-hearted and we found a cooking show called deep fried masters mm. which is this weird redneck dude from the states and two of his buddies that are cooking people that own concession stands in the texas state fair that decided to host a cooking competition for people that, that have food trucks at state fairs. <laughs> so it's all about deep fried food mm-hmm. and they have three rounds and they sort of whittle down the competition in each round and one of the rounds is kind of like, you know, cook your signature dish from your food van and then they do a cook something on a stick <laughs> and then they have a, this is our mystery challenge and you have to cook something that we tell you and it's, it follows that very typical cooking show competition mm. but it is all, yeah, just stuff you look at and go, this is why Americans are so fat. They, you know, deep fried candy bars. One of them made deep fried butter. And I don't even oh, understand the concept of awesome. how you can do deep fried butter. But get a freezer butter right here. I think so. It was just butter in batter. Sounds and deep great. fried. But my wife sits there and goes, that's not food. That's not edible. And I'm sitting there going, man, I want to eat that. <laughs> but yeah. But another show that we have been watching that's probably a little bit more highbrow is uh, written by Max Landis and show run by Max Landis based on a Douglas Adams story called Dirk Gently's Holistic uh, Detective Detective Agency, Agency. Mm -hmm. starring Elijah Wood. And we're now, I think, four episodes into that, and I'm quite hooked on that. I'm really enjoying it. I find the English dude who plays Dirk Gently... I can't remember what his actual name is, but he reminds me a lot of a young Rick Mail and just the mannerisms and the way he talks just, just makes me think of Rick Mail and I, I'm hooked on that as well. So I'll probably end up watching the rest of the seasons that are online there. Okay. But I'm definitely getting my free trial worth of Netflix. Excellent. And I think we will definitely be considering continuing because mm. we, we pay just a stupid amount of money for Foxtel and we sit there and go, well, you know, we only watched an hour of Foxtel over the last week. And then when we do watch Foxtel, it's like, well, there's so many ads. Why, do we, why are we paying so much for these ads? Mm-hmm. But yet for, you know, the price of a couple of cups of coffee a week, you can get just a massive amount of TV. Yes. And yes, movies. Yeah. And stands got twice as much, as much again. Yeah. It's just incredible, isn't it? It's the way of the future. Yeah. But anyway, that's enough about what I've been watching. Okay. I'll well, let you have a go. Um, 
not that much. I mean, the usual stuff, all the CW shows have started again. So we've got Supergirl, Flash, Arrow, all that sort of stuff. It's it's the same shit. I'm watching that. But we've added a new show to the list, and that is Black Lightning. So it's same showrunner as the other shows, or same producer. And it's not set in the same universe, but it doesn't mean they can't cross over. Because mm-hmm. Supergirl and the others, don't they've crossed over, and they're in different universes. And Black Lightning is another DC superhero from the 70s, who used to have an afro. He was pretty cool back in the day. And yeah, he's got lightning powers, given the name, and he's black. Because that's what you did back in the 70s when you created a black superhero in the exploitation era. They were black, like Black Falcon Yes, I was Black Falcon. Say, I was going to say, the only black one I Panther. know is Black Falcon. So when you said Black Lightning, I was thinking of the Super Friends character with like the no, that's black lightning Falcon. bolts. But it's ears, pretty much, yeah. I guess, the Super Friends mm-hmm. version of him. Okay. Yeah, so it's pretty cool, but it's also pretty black. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a very Ferguson, like, in the same way that Supergirl is the feminist show. Like, they are really pushing, not a feminist agenda, but it's like, you know, this is a, a female-led show. A pro-feminist show. Eh, well, pro-female show, okay. maybe. But well, this is a black show in that sense. Like he, he, Jefferson Pierce, I think his name is, is the character. And he plays the principal of the school. And he used to be a superhero back in the day. And now he's the principal. He's given up that life. He's got two daughters. And... He's separated from his wife. And, yeah, so he's trying to make right. He's, he's a good principal. He's got he's doing a great job being principal. You know, in the first episode, you're there saying, you know, well, the school board's really pushing to get metal detectors in. He goes, no, 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 you know, half the people here, three quarters, have family or friends in prison. We don't want to turn the school into a prison as well. You know, it's really pushing this, what's going on at the moment. He had to pick his daughter up from prison, uh, from the police station, because she got arrested for protesting, and the other daughter's a bit of a wayward child, you know, partying and things like that. And they're driving home and the cops pull him over and they get him out of the car and they drag him, they handcuff him and, and what have I done wrong? And daughters are pulling their phones out saying, why are you harassing? And they drag him to the police car and there's this old lady in the back and it's like, was this him? And she looked and sort of shook her head no and he handcuffed him and goes, thank you for your time. And just the police harassment, all this sort of stuff. So it's very much black issues in America at the moment being addressed through the show in the same way Supergirl addresses female issues at the time. But it's good. So far, I mean, we're two episodes in it's on netflix so it's okay like it's more of the same they don't have the tropes of the other shows at the moment where there's one person back at a computer telling everyone else what's going on (laughs) but it's early days yet but i dare say this show will be about the girls in no time like he's got the superpowers he comes out of retirement to save his daughters in the first episode spoilers but at the end of the first episode one of the daughters is there and she's getting angry about something and she's holding onto the like the sink in the bathroom and her arms start lighting up and she shatters the thing so she's got the powers she's got powers too yeah so I dare say the daughters will have powers they will be the trio of thing but by the end of it they will be the centre of the show I dare say that's where we'll be going that was kind of funky so that's alright what else have I been watching uh, Riverdale, again, same producer. So I, anything Berlinti makes, I pretty much am watching. And it's I never watched Dawson's Creek, but I'm sure this would be that Dawson's Creek fix people want with a twist of Twin Peaks set in the Archie universe. From what I've heard about it, it does intrigue me. Mm. Like when, Initially when they said they were making it, I was like, yeah, I'm not a huge Archie fan. I don't know if I really want to watch it's this. It's but... name only. Like The characters are there. They are definitely Archie characters, but the setting is not that 1950s Anytown USA. It's no, more it's... Twin Peaks in that everyone's got a secret. Yep. Mm. And they're pretty weird secrets, aren't they? Isn't one of them doing like cam stuff and like being a, an internet cam whore or something? Not that I remember. Yeah. It's just very strange. But there's going to be a spin-off series. 
Is this the Sabrina series? Yeah, so there's going to be a mystical witch Sabrina. So I don't know if it's going to tie in or they're just doing a series with Sabrina in it. But it's just like, okay, go for it. And that's something on Netflix as well. When I heard that, I was like, well, that might be interesting. Yeah, so it's crazy. So pretty much everything, most of it's on Netflix. And Star Trek Discovery, we talked about it last year a little bit, I think. Yeah, we've touched on it a a couple of times last year when we said it was coming. We then mentioned it again in our recap recap episode. Yeah, um, so I've, I've got back into it because people have been talking that it's better and getting better and this and that. It's like, oh. So every night I just sort of, the last thing I do is I'll watch this episode of Star Trek and get up to date. It's pretty good. Okay. It's not what you used to with Star Trek, but it's it's I'm actually really enjoying it. It's different. It's good. But the one show I will be talking about, and that's A Good Place, which I think we talked about in the we end did, of the year yep. episode where we've had more episodes since. Fuck, it's a good show. That's all I can say. Fuck, it's good. I tried, and you te- keep telling me I should persist. Stick with it. it. I've watched two episodes, and I found bits of it really funny. Mm-hmm. I also found Ted Danson a little bit annoying. Ted Danson's fucking amazing. It He's was kind of like treasure. It was kind of like they wanted Jeff Goldblum and they couldn't get him, so now they've got Ted Danson doing a Jeff Goldblum impersonation. So good. But yeah, maybe seriously, I, so good. They are only twenty minutes, so maybe I should just stick bite the bullet and go and watch stick some more. Stick with it. Mm-hmm. Learn some ethics, motherfucker. <laughs> but you've adopted streaming. Yes, I was born into it. Um, But I have, because we we are filthy pirates, but being a filthy pirate is getting a lot harder to do nowadays. I tried something. I've had a VPN for a long time and haven't done anything with it. See, I thought you had a VPL for a little while, but I didn't say anything. Yeah, I don't wear G's. So I set it up on the laptop thinking, hang on, can I get the cord that goes from the laptop into the telly and run it that way? I don't know why I bought it. I just wanted it because it looked funky. I bought myself a Bluetooth keyboard and I had a Bluetooth mouth. Mouth. Mouse. (laughs) So I I plugged it all in and I've got my laptop on the telly. I'm driving it from the couch with the TV and the keyboard and the mouse and everything. It's like, yeah, it's pretty cool. I can do that. But, you know, I can only watch local stuff. It's like, I've got a VPN. I'm going to try something. Because I tried to go to the CW website to do some catch-up TV and it didn't work because I was in Australia. Yeah. VPNs are great. Yeah. So now it's like, oh. So I've, I put a spreadsheet together of all the shows I watch and on what networks they're on and who's got Catch Up TV. <laughs> Semi-legit. Semi-legit. Mm. Mm. So what are you watching? You're watching CW off their website? Yes. For my wife, there's Grey's Anatomy, The Good Doctor. So, yeah, I'll keep trying to find more shows where I'm at. The other problem is we are behind on certain shows and the catch-ups are only like four episodes okay. de- deep. So I was like, oh, we've got to get to there. But most of it's there. So it's like I, f- I feel better about myself. And how are you putting onto the TV? You've got a HDMI out from yep. your iPad. From the laptop yeah. into the telly. Too easy. Too fucking easy. Mm. So I'm looking at maybe just getting a little mini PC sort of thing now, just to sort of permanently have in there instead of having a laptop sort of down there. Mm. I'll figure it out. Handy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. so that's my TV. Let's oh. get on to the big screen. We shall. I've had one trip to the actual cinema. For the year? That was pretty much actually, last year, wasn't no, it? No, it's my second trip so far because mm-hmm. I went and saw Star Wars on New Year's Day. Uh-huh. And now I've been to another cinema viewing. So at the end of the school holidays, my kids were getting a little bit feral. And we decided that as a treat for the end of the holidays, we would take them to the cinema. Mm-hmm. We did initially look at possibly going to see Ferdinand, yep. the cartoon with John Cena voicing the bull. the bull. But my kids decided that maybe that was a bit babyish for them. Oh. Despite the fact that my wife and I both actually wanted to see it. So. They want to see Fifty Shades Free. No, they didn't. No. Oh. But they then decided that maybe we should go and watch Jumanji because they kind of like The Rock. What was the second film? <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't Jumanji the second film. 
No. So, yeah, they kind of like The Rock, and my little one is very much into animals, and we showed him the trailer with lots of animals and The Rock, and both of them were on board going, oh, we really want to see Jumanji, we really want to see it, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And my wife and I were kind of like, oh, do we really want to take the kids to Jumanji? But that being said, going in with pretty low expectations, I really enjoyed it. Oh, yeah, I didn't hate it. I've seen it too. Yeah. Um, it was fun. Yeah. But uh, it was sort of forgetful. I saw it, it was enjoyable, and that was great. I went home, I was like, yeah, that was a good movie experience. It's, it's going good. Gangbusters. It it's still making money. Yeah. So, okay. It doesn't have a lot to do with the original Jumanji. No, it's just for a new generation. That's fine. Mm. But, but bits of it I, I really enjoyed. Like, I like the whole video gameness of it. Mm. And the fact that instead of being the board game, it's now like an old retro system that yep. these kids in detention find and plug in and then they get zapped into the, the game world. And just that first bit where Reese Darby turns up and he's explaining the, the point of Jumanji and The Rock's like, oh, he must be an NPC. He's explaining the character mm. and he's only got a certain number of words that he can say to yep. us and stuff. Just that little bit. And then there's another bit where he explains the backstory of Jumanji and he's like, oh, this must be a cutscene. And, and just bits like that. I really enjoyed yeah, the gameness yeah. of it. Oh, that's cool. The only thing, like, it's funny because you've got these characters that go into the game. So you've got this like nerdy Jewish sort of looking guy becomes this, the rock. Yep. You know? You've got this self-absorbed teenage girl becomes um, Jack Black. Yep. And this very shy conscious girl becomes you know, Karen Gillan and that sort of thing. It's you like, know, in a crop top and shorts. Yeah, and they're really good. Ver- like, they do it quite well, yep. I thought. The only one that didn't work for me is you got this big, massive black jock character becomes Kevin Hart. Yeah. And he plays Kevin Hart. Like, it, there's no synergy between those two characters. Like, no. when you see him in the real world, he's not like Kevin Hart at all. He doesn't have that the way of talking, the quickness of talking or anything like that. They're totally different characters. Yep. That's the only thing that sort of I would complain about it. But apart from that, no, it was a, it was a fun adventure film. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly what I'd say. If there was good set pieces in it. There was it was pretty much action packed the whole way through. It, it never felt like it dragged at all. No. But my kids walked away quite enjoying it, and my wife and I walked away thinking it was much better than we were expecting it to be. No, no, no it was mm. good. Yeah, I saw that too. Mm. Now I haven't had any more cinema experiences, but I know you actually had a trip to IMAX. I did. Now my son loves Octonauts. There was a period two years ago when he just wanted to watch Frozen. There were movies. Now it's just Octonauts. It's like okay. And I don't mind Octonauts. It's actually quite fun. It's not too bad, but just, yeah, so many, so many. But I noticed at IMAX they're playing in Under the Sea, like one of their IMAX movies. So it's 40 minutes long. It's semi-educational. 3D, all this sort of stuff. It's like, I want to take him to that. So I took him this last weekend and it was fun watching him like just reach for the screen every now and then trying <laughs> to touch things. Everything that came on, like Octonauts is good for educational. He knows every fucking fish now. Like they're turning up saying, oh, that's a leafy sea dragon. That's a this, that's a that. It's like, okay, shut up. There's people around. Oh, that's a this. Oh, look at the clam. It's like, shut up. But it was fun watching him just get so excited about it all. And there was a cuttlefish that was like shooting out its pretensile tongue or whatever it is that it's got it's like really quick shooting thing and like he jumped every time they did it (laughs) it was just like watching his reaction for everything was awesome so for that it was kind of cool so that's my only other cinema going experience since we've last talked Hmm. but as of next time we will be talking about Black Panther yeah now with IMAX I've I think I've only been to IMAX once mm. since it's been open here in Melbourne. And that was a long time ago when I saw robots in IMAX. Ah, yes. So, so there was one scene in that where they were on a big roller coaster and it was very much uh, motion sickness inducing. <laughs> yeah, okay. But yeah, I, I'm keen to go back and try IMAX again. 
It's good. Mm. It's just that whole full field of vision type immersion. I mean, it's weird because the screen's seven stories tall, but you sort of don't notice it is because it's just in your vision. Yeah. You don't realise how big it is because it's not proportionate to anything. Mm. It just fills your whole field of vision, yes. So, but other movies, just anything to mention? I can say Eddie the Eagle was on telly the other night. It's coming up to Winter Olympics, so they showed a Winter Olympics-themed movie with the greatest showman himself, Hugh Jackman, teaching Kingsman how to ski jump. Well, the, the story of Eddie the Eagle, the English ski jumper who's a bit crap but became famous for being a bit crap. Mm. And it was kind of fun. Very, that English sort of film, feel good, underdog, mm. still shit at the end. Still shit at the end. Yeah. Exactly. Did <laughs> he have was, bad teeth? No, bad moustache. Mm. And the other one I saw was American Graffiti. I was hanging out with a friend the other day and she quoted American Graffiti and it's like, I don't know. I haven't seen it since the 80s. I think I saw it once on telly. And she goes, we're watching it tonight. Okay. I think I'm a little bit like that as well. I think I went through a stage where, because I was such a fan of Star Wars when Mm. I was a kid, I went through and found any other movie that the people from Star Wars was in. Yeah, so So. Harrison Ford in and George Lucas directed. Yeah. It's actually a really good film. Is it? Yeah. It's a great nostalgia piece. And it's funny watching it because Ronnie Howard's in it. Yeah. And you're looking at this going, yep, that's just Richie Cunningham. It's got a lot of happy days to it, doesn't it? It's got Shirley from Laverne and Shirley in it. She plays Richie's girlfriend in it. Harrison Ford's in it, playing this rival like drag racer Mm. sort of thing. But it's like for a guy's second film, like his first film was THX 1138, which was his student film. Yeah. And then he made American Graffiti. I don't know when he did American Graffiti 2, but even he admits that was a mistake. But he won't say that about the prequels. Mm. But anyway. Anyway, but you're looking at all these, Richard Dreyfus is in it. Yep. It's like pre-Draw Jaws, Richard Dreyfus and that. And it's like, but it's just a really confidently made film. Like you're looking at this, it was produced by Coppola. So they were the bad boys of the 70s filmmaking, Coppola yeah. and Spielberg and Lucas and all that. Mm. But it's funny because one of the guy's cars, his number plate is THX 138. Oh, okay. Yeah. And Wolfman Jack's in it. I, I just, remember Wolfman Jack yeah. from it, but yeah, it's been a long time since I've seen it. Oh, I'm glad I saw it again. It was, oh, I'm essentially safe for the first time. Yeah. I don't remember the first time seeing it, but it's like, yeah. Yeah, this is pretty good. I'm glad I saw it again. So yeah, that, that that's it for movies. But yeah, next time we talk, maybe we'll have more. Well, you did leave something out. Did I? Yes, because oh. when I got here tonight, <laughs> you were actually watching Chips on Netflix. I was. And then we sat down and watched all of Chips. Mm. And despite the fact that it's got a pretty bad rap, I enjoyed I, it more than I thought I would. I laughed a lot. <laughs> There was bits of it that I thought were really good. Mm. And Dak Shepard and Michael Pena carried the roles quite well. They've obviously changed the story of Chips a yep. lot. Mm. And they've turned it into a completely different story just based on the same characters. But no, I liked it. No, it was fun. Yeah, recommend it. And I can't believe how much weight Vincent D'Onofrio has put on. Oh, well, we saw him in Jurassic World. Yeah. Well, he, he looked, as I said in one stage, he looked like Violet J from ICP without the makeup on. <laughs> he did. So, he yes, did. he was a large man. Mm. But I have watched a couple of other movies. Yep. Again, jumping on the Netflix bandwagon, I decided that I should watch Bright. Mm-hmm. Which is about the, uh, the little, little town little in town. Victoria. Yeah. No, nothing to do with the, that. You can go to the sweet retreat for a hot chocolate. Yeah, you could. Mm. But no, nothing no. to do with that. No. It is a kind of weird fairy tale. Alien nation with orcs. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Mm -hmm. It is very heavy-handed. There is a lot of analogies for the orcs being, I guess, substituted as the blacks in the situation, Mm -hmm. whereas they're getting a bit of a a raw deal as far as racism goes. And Will Smith is a police officer who has an orc for a partner, and he is the first ever orc policeman in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. And bits of it, I think, were okay. But a lot of it, I just thought to myself, well, what's all the hype for? I don't really get it. Mm. I just thought it was a bit too in your face. It was, you know, slamming their 
politics down your throat. It's very Max Landis. Though. Very. Uh, Max Landis isn't subtle. No. He's a good sales guy. And I think when he probably pitched this, mm. just his enthusiasm would have been enough for them to say, yeah, let's make this movie. But like, it's made well. It looks well, good. It's directed by David Ayer, who did Suicide Squad recently. Yeah. So, the, I mean, that's the thing. Netflix are spending lots of money on content at the moment. Yeah. And they're not cheap. No, like, it, this it doesn't is Will Smith good. acting. It's you know David Ayer directing. Like the the goalposts are changing. Yeah, the game's changing. Yeah, as far as all right, we got these movies. We've seen all the production stills. Everything comes out. We know everything before it comes out. I mean, there has been word that there was going to be a new Cloverfield movie coming out. Mm. They did a trailer at the Super Bowl, and they said, and it'll be available on Netflix as soon as the Super Bowl's finished. Yeah. It's just like what the fuck? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So I was sort of like, okay, this definitely. I mean, you can't do a three hundred million dollar movie and sneak it out. So obviously, we're not going to get those sort of things happening. But maybe we can. I don't know. It's sort of like everything's changing. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, I wouldn't say this was a good movie. And I wouldn't, I've heard not great things. I wouldn't really recommend you watch it. It's just that I felt that I wanted to see if it lived up to all the hype. Yep. But now that I've actually watched it and I've gone back and read a few more reviews, it was like, well, I should have read the reviews before I watched it because, yeah, it really wasn't a good movie. But on the flip side of that, I watched a little independent English film called A Street Cat Called Bob, which is based on the novel A Street Cat Called Bob, which is about a busker who is a recovering heroin addict that finds a stray cat in the sort of sheltered accommodation that he's living in to try and get off heroin and the cat turns his life around. He turns from being a struggling busker that's not making very much money to being a busker with a gimmick because he has this little ginger cat on a lead that sits on his shoulder while he plays guitar and he becomes a bit of an internet sensation and based on that he gets a book deal. With uh, I think it's the publishing company in England that, that published Marley and Me. Like one of the uh, the people that work in that company sees him outside of Piccadilly Circus busking with his cat and goes up to him and sort of says, "Look, you know, do you want to make your story into a book? We can make you famous, sort of thing." And it was a really good movie. English movies have that sort of feel to them. They don't go over the top with effects and mm. you know that sort of stuff. It's all purely based on how well people can act. Yeah. And there's no real names in it. Anthony Head is that his name? Yeah, and Anthony Head from Buffy plays his dad, and he's sort of like estranged from his dad because he was a heroin addict and as he cleans his life up he sort of reconnects with his father and there was a woman that plays his social worker who I think had been in Downton Abbey and Broadchurch I think was the other thing I'd seen her in but it was just a nice feel good movie Okay. so yeah I recommend that too so hmm. and I'm doing again doing some research in it afterwards it, it actually won the Brit Award for Best Movie in 2017 Okay. so it, it has got a bit of accolades yeah. and again doing a bit of research apparently the real Bob the Cat played Bob the Cat in the movie Oh. So, so there you go. Oh, a little nice. bit of a time. But that's my movies. That's, that's it. So we decided that this month we were going to have a bit of a topic going back to our old format. Yeah. And because we didn't talk about it on our Great Expectations or Top 5 episode. going to cover it now. Yeah. So we decided that we would have a little bit of a chat about podcasts. And pod it forward, hmm. as the term is. So if you're listening to this, you obviously know what a podcast is. Really? Yeah, I'm assuming that. I, I think so too. I think back in the day when podcasts first came out, it was one of those new interesting things mm. and now there is millions upon millions of podcasts out there so we've decided to just talk about some of the ones that we've recently jumped on yeah because i mean you can go back and listen to previous years a lot of those ones we've talked about we still listen to we haven't really dropped well you've dropped a lot more i've than dropped I have. a few but there's still some that i started with Yep. Uh, Sick and Wrong is probably one that comes to mind instantly is something that I have stuck with and they're up in the 600s as far as episodes go now. Mm-hmm. Other ones have come and gone. Like I don't listen to Corolla anymore and that used to be a, a yep. daily occurrence for me and I was on the iFanboy bandwagon for quite some time but I, I, still I am. dropped off that. 
Mm-hmm. But yeah, there, there's been a few over the last 12 months that I've jumped on and really enjoyed. And I know oh, there's no. a few yourself. Mm-hmm. So we thought we'd just yeah, throw a few names out forward. there. And, and So what have you been listening to? Well, I had a, a stage late last year where I looked at my podcast list and I sort of looked down my list and went, yep, I'm listening to about 30 podcasts each week. And of that 30, probably 29 of them are hosted by men. Mm-hmm. So I thought it's probably time that I branched out and had a little bit of a different opinion and, and saw things from a women's perspective. Ah. So I just typed in feminist in my search engine in my podcast, which is Podcast Addict, if you're an Android user. Mm-hmm. And I found the Guilty Feminist podcast, which is hosted by a comedian by the name of Deborah Francis White, who is an Australian comedian that lives now in England. And each week she hosts a live show with another comedian and other prominent feminists about what it's like to be a feminist in the 21st century. Mm -hmm. And you're giving me that look like, why would I enjoy something like this? It's actually informative and educational. And it's also very funny. Edutainment. It is. And based on the fact that she is Australian, she's come out here and done a few shows here in Australia. And the first couple I listened to had Australian comedians that I am familiar with. She had Felicity Ward on a couple of episodes and Cal Wilson. So I thought, yeah, I know who these people are. Maybe I should listen to it. And I found it very funny. So I've now set my balance a little bit better. I'm still very male-centric as far as what I'm listening to, but that is... because you love cock. <laughs> I, I think it's because I am a man and I listen to a lot of men's opinions, but it is good to have a bit of a balance, I think. Mm-hmm. So that's one of my new ones. I'm also listening as far as females go. I'm listening to the All Killer No Filler podcast. Mm-hmm. Now, we've talked a lot about our love of true crime, yep. and the All Killer No Filler is a, another British podcast hosted by two comedians. One of them is Welsh and has a really cool accent. The other mm-hmm. one's from Manchester. And they are just two girls that decided that they should do a podcast about serial killers. And every week they, or every episode, they have a different serial killer that they cover. Yep. And similar to last podcast on the left, it's more humor than yep. real information. But just the fact that they can put that sort of spin and the different asides to a serial yeah, killer I, podcast. You put me onto it and I, I like the idea of it. And I think they're funny enough. But because I listened to the last podcast on the left and they are so well researched that the humor and the information is a great balance. Yeah. Listening to All Killer, the information isn't quite as good. No, I think it's pretty much just them reading off a wiki. Exactly. It's about as good as us. Yeah. <laughs> so the fact that I don't think they're entertaining enough for me to stick with it because the information's not enough. That's what just sort of took me out of it. I was just like, yeah, I'm not getting anything new out of this, what you're saying. Yeah. And that, and that sort of pulled me out. It's like My Favourite Murder, same thing. It's very popular. Like, they've actually toured Australia. Yeah. It's um, two American comedians who were, again, they talk about essentially the same show. Yeah. And just from a female bent of their own personal opinion of that sort of thing. But it's super popular. Like, they toured Australia. Like, they... Went up and they, they flew the world, out yeah. here to tour because people want to see this podcast. And I listened to it and it annoys the pants off me. I didn't like their accents and that's what threw me. Like I like the content, but just the way they sound kind of put me it off. Just, and I know that sounds pretty shallow, but yeah, yeah it's hard to listen not, to. It was just their opinion. And mm. it's not there as in females. It's there as in those two. Those two particular Annoyed. Girls, yeah. They really annoy me, but whatever it is, it obviously works. The tie, the weird tie in there is one of the ladies' husbands is Vince Averill from the We Watch Wrestling podcast, which is one of my favorite podcasts. Yeah, it's sort of like just weird because he actually came out to Australia with the tour. Yeah, and he said any wrestling shows. There was a wrestling show. Yeah, that, a Melbourne City wrestling that show. I know yeah. one of the organizers on, so I could have like got him in and done all this sort of stuff. But he had to do the show with the his show, wife, yeah. and I was like, ah, oh, that would have been really cool. I would have had my fangirl moment. But anyway, so yeah, so. 
another couple of wrestling related podcasts or one wrestling related podcast I've started listening to this year and that's Edge and Christian's Pod of Awesomeness mm-hmm. hosted by WWE Tag Team Champions multiple times Edge and Christian yep. and I know you tried it and didn't really get into it Not but at all. something about just the charisma between the two of them and the fact that they have been friends for a very long time I just dig it just, I'm just going to send like a negative Nelly tonight but it yep. just shat me when they ring up Tommy Dreamer and that just shat me I'm not a huge fan of when they do ring Tommy Dreamer but because of their connections they do get a lot of current WWE people come on mm. and they do I guess it's behind the scenes type stuff and I, I like that and I do like hearing their opinions of the current product mm. and, and what's different to when they're maybe around. I'll listen to a bad episode I don't know the episode that Goldust was on was really good, so maybe you should go back and try that. I should, I do. Mm. Love me some Goldust. Mm. Mm. But speaking of wrestling as well, yeah. something that's come along in the last 12 months and has actually become, I think, one of the most popular podcasts in all genres, mm-hmm. and that's something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. Yes. Now, Bruce Pritchard was a... Road agent? Yeah, behind-the-scenes person with WWE for, or WWF in those days for a very long time. Yep. He was an on-screen character playing the role of Brother Love. I love you. And he has a lot of behind-the-scenes knowledge. Now, again, when this first started and I listened to it, I didn't really enjoy it because it's hosted by a guy called Conrad Thompson. And it's basically him coming up with a topic and throwing questions at Bruce. And if Bruce wants to answer the question, he will be very informative. But if he doesn't want to answer the question, he'll he'll, he'll clam up and, you know, rumour and innuendo, he won't go Mm. near that sort of topic. But once you get used to that and also once you get around the idea that you can play it at double Double time and a half or whatever. Because they are long. You can turn a four-hour podcast into a two-hour podcast without losing too much content. Mm -hmm. And you've got to get over Conrad's voice. Yeah. A bit southern. Uh, Conrad definitely. Definitely is very southern. Mm. But yeah, the, the fact that it is so behind the scenes and just so much yeah. information. I, I love it because, it, I mean, the guy was there. Bruce was at the WWE from about 89, 88, I think, onwards. Yep. At various points, he did get sacked a couple of times. So he misses a few. There's a period there he wasn't there. And he's not there now, obviously. But just him being there during iconic times that I remember. And so he's talking about this pay-per-view from 2000. It's like, oh, yeah, I remember that and this. And he's sort of telling you the behind the scenes stuff. Now, there is a lot of rumor and innu- innuendo. You know, he's sort of towing the company line of the WWE. He doesn't yeah. work for them anymore, but he's not shitting on it at all. He might shit on the odd person here and there, but definitely not Vince and definitely not the business. So he might want a gig and the fact that they just had the Raw 25th anniversary special and he got a gig invited back and the fact that he got such an applause when he arrived, that means it is a huge listener base for this yeah, show. Yeah, definitely. So it is a little biased towards, it's, it's very positive towards the Fed in a lot of ways. So he could be working us a lot on what he doesn't remember and what he doesn't know, but they're great stories. Mm. And that's all you want is to hear a good story. So they may not be factually true, but they are great. Yeah, and I think as a wrestling fan that grew up watching in that time, mm. just going back and hearing how things came about and just where everything was and who fit in where and mm. And just the, the political reasons of why, you know, they push certain people and, you know, why they put a title on another person and that sort of stuff. It is really interesting. Yeah. Mm. And tying in with that, after Pritchard was so popular, the Conrad who hosts this show, he also reached out to Tony Schiavone. Now, it took me a while to get into this one because he was a commentator for WCW, mostly known for that. Yeah. He was at the Fed for a little while. And it's him retelling his story. Same sort of deal again. We're going to look at this old pay-per-view or this episode of Nitro or whatever, and we're going to watch it and you're going to comment 
comment on it. And it's not as informative as behind the scenes stuff because he was only a commentator. So he wasn't privy to the decision making or anything like that. Yeah. But he can just sort of give his take on this is what it was like when I was there. I remember that guy. He was an asshole. Yeah. And he is not affiliated with it anymore. So he doesn't hold back on his opinions of certain things. No. I, I listened to this for a little while, but then I found that it was just too much wrestling mm. as far as I was listening to a lot of wrestling podcasts and I thought well I'm not as invested with Shivani as I was with Pritchard so I stuck with Pritchard but yeah. I, I gave up on Shivani mm. but based on what a lot of people have told me it probably is worth another listen it's, I mean it's just because he doesn't care and that's the thing so if you want to take Pritchard for like are you working me or not where Shivani is like no he doesn't care and it's quite entertaining so yeah so I've been enjoying that I'm not watching wrestling much at the moment I'm enjoying the nostalgia of listening about old wrestling I remember. Yeah. Thanks to these podcasts. And what I'm finding as well, now that I have the network, if there's something that Pritchard talks about and I think, oh yeah, I loved that match mm. when I saw it, I should go back and watch it. Now I can. You can. Mm. Mm. I just listened to the Royal Rumble. It was at 88, the first Royal Rumble. Yep. And he talked about something on that and I thought to myself, oh, I'm going to go home and look that up. So, mm. And I'm sure a lot of people are too. Yeah, I, I think so. Mm. so. And that's where stuff like that really comes in handy. Yeah. Mm. Anything else? Well, there is a couple of other short-run podcasts that I picked up this year that I really enjoyed. One of them was a local wrestling podcast called Behind the Belt, Mm -hmm. which was hosted by two journalists from Melbourne and a local wrestler, Crackerjack, who... A friend. A friend, exactly. I I like to think I could call him a friend. Definitely. Mm -hmm. He started training when we started training Mm. and was clearly the star of the bunch Yes, and went on to continue his wrestling career when the rest of us pretty much Because he was actually good. (laughs) Yeah. And he's actually come from a theatre background rather than an athletic background. So he understands the performance side of wrestling and he is an excellent talker. Mm. So him giving his insider information on how local wrestling works is really good. And Behind the Belt was produced by the ABC here in Australia. And I think it's an eight episode run. It's worth checking out. Like to get an insight into the business and go, oh, I've never looked at wrestling. I thought it was just a silly thing. It's a great insight into how it works, why it works, the thought that goes behind a lot of the things. It's worth listening to. And it's very intelligently done. Mm. And that's a credit to Cracker Jack as well, I think, because he had a lot to do with the wrestling side of what topics they would cover. And and yeah, yeah, I recommend that as well. If you're interested in the local wrestling or just the inside of how a wrestler's mind works, definitely check that out. A couple of true crime ones that I really got into this year as well. Based on a recommendation from you, I Mm -hmm. listened to Dirty John. Yep. And again, it was something that came out of nowhere and everyone was like, oh, you got to listen to Dirty John. And I think that was an eight episode mini podcast as well about a guy called John who had a bit of a, a weird background that met an older woman in Los Angeles and just how their life turned to shit it's afterwards. Just, it's so disappointing. Like the end, it's sort of like you build to these things. And that's the problem with these podcasts is some of them are so exciting and then they don't go anywhere. Or yeah. they just, that's it. Without too much spoilers, because mm. I guess if you do know the, the end, you probably probably don't need to listen to it. Yeah. I was kind of hoping that it would go somewhere other than it did. Yeah, because it was like, oh, that's it? Because I did the thing with Finding Richard Simmons last year as well. It's yeah. like, oh, you got to the end, you're thinking, oh, you better have an end. Because the problem happened, like, Serial came yeah. out a couple of years ago. And it was sort of like, everyone was so captivated by this story. And by the end of it, it's like, oh, sorry, we don't have the answers. Oh, Yeah, we're, we're making this as we're going. Yeah, it's like, oh, we, yeah. We, we can't finish it for you, sorry. So that's the problem with some of these. Is yeah. They're not, I mean, podcasting's still relatively new when mm. it comes to this sort of stuff, but yeah. But yeah, I listened to another mini crime podcast as well called Phoebe's Fall Mm -hmm. and that was produced by I think it was the Age newspaper produced that here and again that was a 10 or 11 
short half hour episodes covering the story that happened a couple of years ago where a young up and coming aspiring model was found dead at the bottom of a laundry chute in a ritzy apartment in St Kilda Road here in Melbourne Mm -hmm. and they deemed it as being a suicide but then they investigated a bit further and they sort of found that the position she landed in she couldn't have climbed into this laundry chute on her own and just how the police kind of watched the investigation and how the her boyfriend was probably a major suspect but because the police did such a bad job of the investigation he walked free okay and again it's something that they haven't had an answer so it goes into the investigation and it's very skewed as far as you know that the makers of the podcast want you to to believe that the boyfriend had something to do with it even Uh, though we're not sure if he did or not but again that was quite well produced they had some really good interviews with people that were part of the case and just nicely put together was it done by the australian or the age I'm not 100% sure. I thought it was I listened age. to one a couple of years ago called Bowerville, yeah. and that was done by The Australian. And it's a similar sort of thing, and it was about this murder done in this rural town. Yeah. And again, it's like, this guy did it. This is all the facts here. It's got to be this guy. But yeah, they sort of wanted to do a making a murderer kind of thing, where it's sort of like, we have all the facts here. We're going to make them reopen the case, essentially, by putting all this stuff out there. Because yes, the cops haven't done their job, but here's the facts. Let's let's make it. Hmm. No, just looking at it now, it was actually the age okay. that did it. So yeah, mm. interesting. And another Australian podcast about crime is Case File. I do love Case File, and I think you again put me onto this as well. Mm-hmm. And compared to last podcast on the left and All Killer No Filler that are comedy crime podcasts, yep. this is the exact opposite. No, it's it pure is just fact. a guy with a very monotone Australian Not accent. boring. No. No, just monotone. Yeah. Emotionless, I uh, suppose, yeah. Probably. And he just goes over prominent cases. Yeah, and there's a lot of Australian ones, which for me is, makes it interesting. When I first started listening, I did sort of pick and choose the ones I listened to and I was only listening to the Australian cases. Yeah. But eventually I went back and went through all of them and went, yeah, I like the way this guy operates and I'll go back and listen to them. Yeah, it's fascinating because like you said, it's, it's almost boring. His voice, he, he, there's nothing there. Yeah. But it's just really well presented. What he says is just like no wasted words. It's just boom, 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 boom. And it's got a nice cadence of it flows nicely. It just works kind of well. I do find myself, I listen to this a lot when I'm going to sleep. So mm. I do fall asleep nah, based enough. on his voice. So I miss some. But then I go back and listen to them again. They're not important in that way, I suppose. No. You sort of listen to one and you go, oh yeah, it's just another mm. murder case. Cause but then there are some that I go back and go, oh damn, I missed the ending. I mm. want to listen to find out who did it. Sort of yep. But what I really like about it is the fact that it, it's not opinion. Nope. It is purely facts. Yeah, because sometimes it does get frustrating when you get all this stuff and at the end of the day they don't know who did it. It's like, yeah. what? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like, oh, oh just, yeah. yeah. It's a mystery. It's like, damn. But I, I think they're about 76 or 77 episodes but into that now. Really just effective. Yeah, just and works I, re- really well. I really enjoy and that And so too. many, like, like I said, with a lot of Australian ones and local ones and some recent ones as well. So I remember that. Mm. I remember that too. Oh, that's mm. kind of cool. Which is weird. It's like there are people murdered or something. Yeah, well, there, there were a couple that I first started with, the Mountain Bryant. Yeah, I never knew Paul, half Paul of that stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, like there was a lot of that I didn't know. And the other one with the, the Walsh Street killings. Mm-hmm. Again, with that one, I kind of knew a little bit about that, but I didn't know a lot of the backstory, I guess you'd call it. Yeah. And I found those very interesting too. Yeah. Speaking of little short limited runs, there was one called Shit Town that came out last year which was awesome it actually did have an ending and it's just a story it goes in a direction you didn't expect it to I think it's a six or an eight parter and it's sort of really funky sort of investigating this one guy who he wrote a letter to a journalist saying my town's shit this is why it's shit (laughs) and he called it shit town and this guy was just fascinating he was obviously very intelligent and you're sort of like in the way he spoke and the way he did a lot of stuff and you go oh this guy's interesting and then they sort of go into him a little more it sort of starts off in one direction and it takes a bit of a 90 degree turn but yeah 
yeah, shit town or S. I think I don't know if they do S H asterisk T or something like that. Town, depending okay. on how they do it. But that was kind of funky. What town was he from? I forget. Some place in America. But it was shit. He hated it. Mm. Mm. Yes. So was that it for you? The one other one that I've started to listen to that I kind of stick with based on the fact that I do like him personally, and that's Piff the Magic Dragon, who is a British magician magician that performs in a dragon suit that came to prominence initially through Penn and Teller's Foolless in England, Mm -hmm. and then he was on America's Got Talent after he moved to America. Okay. But he now hosts his own podcast as well, which is a a weekly 45-minute sort of podcast just with him talking about what he's been doing, and he gets a lot of his friends from Vegas, so Penn's actually been on a couple of episodes, and and Matt and Mattingly from the Ice Cream Social, who I'm big fans of, have been on as well. Okay. And they kind of tell their stories of what he calls the greatest loser of all time, mm-hmm. where they've done something really good, or that actually they've done something really bad that's turned out good for them. Okay. Because his whole premise is he lost America's Got Talent, or he came second on America's Got Talent. But from that, he now hosts a you know a nightly magic show in Vegas at one of the prominent casinos. So, yep. Yeah. He's sort of turned that failure into his into his career. Okay. But yeah, that that's kind of fun. Cool. All right, I'm going to go through a few of mine that I'm into at the moment. Fat Man on Batman, I've talked about it before. It's The original concept of that was Kevin Smith loved Batman and he talked about Batman. And then he started getting guests that were Batman-related, like comic artists or comic writers. And he did it from his home, just him talking, and then it sort of got out. And then he sort of did some commentaries of Batman movies. It just keeps sort of changing. And then he was sort of doing a YouTube channel with it. And then he got a co-host in Mark Bernardin who wrote for E! Entertainment or Entertainment Weekly or one of those magazines. And now it's actually filmed live at the Cantina Bar and Bistro or whatever they call it. And it's just changing and it's essentially just a geek news show now. Okay. So it's it's reforming, but I just love it. That's my geek news. Well, I've got a few geek ones I listen to, but yeah, I, I, I Kevin Smith's a great storyteller and Mark Bernardin's great. So okay. that's really good. I've written down ID10T, which is idiot in leak speak or whatever they call it, yeah. which is what Nerdist has now become. Okay. I only put this down not because I care, but I sort of do because Nerdist was one of the first podcasts I ever listened to and they're up to like 700 something episodes I think now. Yeah. And I was following Chris Hardwick on Twitter and he goes, everyone should really listen to tomorrow's episode of Nerdist. It's kind of important. So, okay. So I listened and he goes, don't worry, no one's dying, no one's pregnant. <laughs> so, okay. And Chris actually went into detail that he sold Nerdist Industries to Comcast or some stupid, like a big conglomerate of some point a yep. while ago. Okay. Like his figurehead in name only, he still has the title and all that sort of president or CEO or whatever of Nerdist, but he doesn't own it anymore and this and that. And he goes, and Chris is a very positive guy. He tries to sell everything because this positive spin. And he's sort of saying, look, it's, it's exactly where I wanted Nerdist to be. I wanted it to grow to be that and it's, it's its own thing now, but I'm not that anymore. So I, I still have the podcast, that's still mine, but Nerdist is that. So it's like, well, because it's not me anymore, I want to change it. Like they can have it, they can do whatever. So he's he owns the podcast element, so he's changed it to Idiot or ten, ID10T. Yeah. And he has signed on with a company that does own radio stations. So his plan is that they can actually pull the episode and put it out. Yeah. Actually thing and so it's a podcast still so nothing's changed it's still the same fees still all this sort of stuff but it might become a radio show just as a syndicated thing that gets okay. put out on the same night so it's not like interesting like he's done very well for himself I mean, I mean the, the evolution of Chris Hardwick from a guy we used to love watching on Attack of the Show yeah. to doing a podcast going this is kind of cool I'm watching this 
guests and he was getting really good guests and then actually getting really shitty with the podcast because it became so corporate. Yeah. But, but he's at this point, where is that now? Still corporate, but it's like, okay. It's just sort of fascinating that we got to that point. Abe Lincoln's Top Hat, which is the last podcast on the left. Two of the guys from that. It's the American Politics podcast that I listen to to sort of get my fix of what's going on over there and it's pretty fucking crazy. I went through a stage during the lead up to the election where I was listening to this purely for the fact that I was getting, as you said, I was getting a lot of my political news from yep. them and it's very unbiased. They are, I wouldn't say very unbiased, they, uh, they're they not fans of Trump, no, but they're not overly supporters of other parties no. either. No, no, no. So it is good to listen to both sides of the story because I listen to a lot of things leading up to the election like the Greg Proops podcast, he was very pro-Hillary. Yep. And he was all like, yeah, there's no way Hillary's going to lose this election mm. sort of thing. And then when she did, he was all like, okay, now we need to fight back. Yes. Whereas Abe Lincoln, I found, they weren't really giving us a side. They were just commentating on yep. what was going on. Pretty much. But then after the election, I kind of did drop off. I still dig it. Mm. Sticking with that, there is also Wizard and the Bruiser, which sort of tenuously, you know, they linked together. They yep. were on the same network. I think they've moved on now. I don't know. It all gets very confusing. Yeah. Initially, Marcus, I think, from last podcast was the producer and on Abe their Lincoln's, show. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, he was the producer on Wizard and the Bruiser. Yeah. And it's just, it's a topic each week. It's two comedians and it's either on Dungeons and Dragons, Spawn, Something Pokemon, geeky. whatever. Yep. And it's just their presentation of the facts. It's like, well researched, but they're funny guys. Yeah. And it just, yeah, the energy and the enthusiasm about what they're talking about is great. So... I do dig that. Um, Childproof was a scripted podcast I listened to this year, written by Tony Martin, and it was like a radio play, essentially. So Tony Martin, the dancer from Damien Cowan's Disco Machine. Yes, that, 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 <laughs> that Tony Martin. Yeah, he performed in it, and Lockie Hume and Andy McClellan, a bunch of other people performing in this thing. And it's about a couple who one guy works at a radio station and the wife works at a book publishing house, and they don't have kids, and it's just sort of like the living in suburban Australia without kids and that sort of thing and it was highly entertaining in about six or eight episodes something like that that was quite good and I do love my Demon Football Club my Melbourne Football Club and I actually listened to I didn't realise until I wrote it all down I listened to the Details the Debrief the Deluded and the D's podcast and it's a grand old podcast they're all Melbourne Football Club podcasts they pretty much say the same thing after each game so but yeah but it's fun. Do they run a non-footy season? Or is it no, pretty much just, only during just, the footy? Just during footy season. And I noticed there's one other one that you have put down on the list here, and it's something I've been listening to yes. as well, and that's Pitch Face. Mm-hmm. And again, this is this is a podcast which is a incredibly clever idea. Ridiculously. And it is hosted by two dudes mm-hmm. that are, you know personally. Yep. Uh, David Blumenstein and... Adam Weinberg. Yes. And they are just two dudes that have a lot of ideas of things that could happen and they basically pitch ideas to each other. It's just amazing. Like they are... I mean, I've been out drinking and these guys don't drink this is the thing this is them sober but I've been out with it and this is what they do this is what they've been doing for years they just riff yeah. it's like oh what about this and they'll just go off on a tangent and then it's like let's turn that into a TV show so they'll come up with a pitch for how this could be a TV show or you know if you get David Blumenstone he'll tell you the pitch for Red Police Academy 10 he's got one mm-hmm. and it's just I mean they, and they're just great communicators so very entertaining that they can put the, what their, their ideas across and it's funny, it's entertaining, it's informative. It's a, 
They're just very, very good at what they do. Mm. Mm. So that that's recommended. I think they're on a break at the moment. They seem to be, yeah. But they're, but, they're definitely worth going back and checking out oh, the definitely. old episodes. Yep. So good. Mm. Anything else? One more. Now, I have listened to Action Figure Blues in the past. So had you. Yes. We actually won a prize from We them. did. You did. Mm. You did. And they've got really boring lately and stale. Because toys can be boring and stale, I guess. Mm. And a lot of the guys there, I don't know what they do for a living, but they must earn a lot of money because all the toys they seem to be buying, and on a regular basis... Very high end and expensive. Yeah, sort of like your hot toys and yeah, hot toys or three hundred and fifty minimum dollar statues. Yeah, you know it's just like they're great. But if I don't hear the word pauldron again, <laughs> I didn't know what a fucking pauldron was before this podcast. And it's a shoulder cover, like yep. armor or something. Apparently, okay. Yeah, but I hear about it a lot. Well, there you go. One guy uses it in his reviews. Mm. But sort of like it used to be okay because they talk about toy news, what was coming out or whatever, and then it'd be a chat about there might be a topic on your favorite playset or your favorite vehicle or whatever and then there might be a, a, a toy review now it's just all toy reviews they got rid of the news and I think it's probably because they can't get together like they used to I think that because they're all over Australia and they used to Skype in or whatever yeah. and I think just getting the logistics of all being on at once was just too hard mm. which is I understand that that's fine but they got rid of the news and again if I guess if they're sitting on an episode for a week that news becomes old yeah. so I guess it dates the podcast a little bit so essentially it's just down to reviews now and it's sort of like one guy's review then another one so they can record them separately and send them in and if you're not into that toy it's just a 20 minute talk about a Dragon Ball Z figure that I don't care about so it's like skip 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 so I'm just <laughs> finding I'm skipping a lot because I don't care Yeah. where a new and it's Australian again podcast called Toy Power and there's a bunch of guys from Adelaide so they do say Lego which is a bit fucked <laughs> they haven't obviously listened to our podcast where we've you know told everyone it's not fucking Lego it's yep. not Legos. It's not Legos. It's fucking Lego, Lego. and that's it. Yep. But apart from that, they're actually pretty good. And again, they're new and they're early, so they're they're sticking with the topics. They're talking about a lot of classic old toys and bringing up different runs of different toys like Turtles, Transformers, G.I. Joes or whatever like that. Mm. They're all obviously around my age, so it's got the same sort of memories talking about going to certain places and seeing this toy at this time. And they do talk about news a little bit, so it's okay. a bit more topical in that way and it's not as high-endy sort of elite toys that I don't care or can never afford. So, but these guys, I think, have a lot of money too because it sounds like their collections are ridiculous. Like, I've finally finished my collection of original Transformers or whatever, and I've got every single one now and stuff. It's like, mm. you guys have a lot. Yeah. You know, but they are that little bit younger than me too because they're sort of into turtles and things that I was sort of too old for at that time. But, okay. As you say that, as we sit in the room filled yes, with. Yes, but not turtles. Various, there's one turtle. It's a Roddy Piper turtle. It's yeah. different. Okay. Mm. <laughs> it's a Roddy Piper thing, not a turtle thing. It must be. Yeah. Well, but that's enough. Yeah. Well, that is quite a lot of podcasts and considering most of those we have picked up over the last 12 months. Yeah, we still listen to our old staples. Yeah. I, I'm lucky enough to have a job where I can have an earphone in. Me too. And I just have to take it out when I have to make phone calls at work. Mm -hmm. And now that I have an app where I can listen to it in double time, I'm very happy. But yes, did you want to have one last plug of the two other podcasts that you were on? Oh, sure. Well, actually, I say that, but technically there's three other podcasts. Technically, but we'll just talk about the two that are active at the moment. Yeah. There is, if you want to hear Not Your Daddy's Geek News, listen to The Geek Do where it's me and two friends, or two friends and I. Yes, Chris Fresh and Paul Jones. Yes, and it's our fortnightly take on geeky news. And, yeah, not safe for work. Very much not safe for work. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, we go to wrong town yeah. from the get-go. Yes. Yeah, I mean, we, we like to differentiate ourselves from the other geek news out there. We are unique in that way. Maybe not entertaining, maybe not informative, but we're definitely not safe for work, and that's the only thing we can guarantee. Uh, and it's the same two guys 
that I do another podcast with, which is totally perfectly safe for work, and that is Hey Hey It's the Podcast, which is our going back to 1994, and we're watching in order yep. episodes of Hey Hey It's Saturday, the classic Australian variety show. Yes, and that is safe for work. It's totally fine to listen to, and sort of we sound like we know what we're talking about. And it <laughs> takes us back nostalgia down to 94, back when I was skinnier, had hair, having fun. Tucking your shirt into your jeans. Yeah, well, that's the way you fashion back then. Mm. My cross colours. Yeah. My 26 red pants. I must say, I do listen to both of those and I do find them very entertaining. Excellent. So, yeah. So, yeah. Mm. That's, that's but yes, that, check it out. That's podcasts. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of podcasts, if you have any feedback for our podcast, you can jump onto our Facebook. We are facebook.com slash the Massive Attack Podcast. You can find us on our website as the MA podcast.podbean.com or you can find us on Twitter as the MA Podcast. Sweet. So yes, jump online, tell us what we've done right, tell us what we've done wrong, tell us some podcasts that you listen to that you think we might get a kick out of. Mm-hmm. And until next month, we will be back with another little mini Welcome to My World and we'll be back later on in the month with our next proper episode. See you then. Alrighty, bye-bye. Home, a place where I can go to take this off my shoulder. Someone take me home Home A place where I can go To take the soul Assurance Someone take me home Lord, I didn't power through the struggle Just to let a little trouble Knock me out of my position And interrupt the vision After everything I witnessed After all of these decisions All these miles, feet, inches They can't add up to the distance That I have been through Just to even if there's no closure, I'm still safe I still ache from trying to keep pace Somebody give me a sign, I'm starting to lose faith Tell me how did all my dreams turn to nightmares How did I lose it when I was right there Now I'm so far that it feels like it's all gone to pieces Tell me why the world never fights fair I'm trying to find home A place where I can go To take this off my shoulders Someone take me home So I gotta make it back, but my home ain't on the map Gotta follow what I'm feeling to discover where it's at I need the memory, in case it's phase forever Just to be sure these last days are better And if I've any enemies, then give me the strength To look the devil in the face and make it home safe Now tell me how did all my dreams turn to nightmares How did I lose it when I was right there Now I'm so far that it feels like it's all gone Nothing here feels like home Crowded streets, but I'm all alone